Life Audio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine. If you can't tell, our intro sounds a little bit different today because we lost our fun jingle music. Hopefully, it will be back soon. We had to change some of the way we process our podcast crafting and editing and so our music is gone but hopefully we get something back soon but in the meantime enjoy my voice (laughs) um anyways I am so excited to introduce today's guest. Her name is Lauren. She is a nurse by day, and on the side, she founded a company called Mo Mountains, where she takes women on adventures backpacking in Montana. She is so lovely. I really enjoyed getting to know Lauren and hear her heart. She speaks a lot um, about her healing journey with grief. She unexpectedly lost her mom due to a tragedy when she was younger, and so she talks a little bit about how God has walked alongside her through that and she offers some encouragement hopefully to those who um, unfortunately have had to experience similar things themselves. We also talk a lot about her business and what inspired her to start Mo Mountains and the beautiful fruit she's seeing come from that endeavor. So I know that after a few words from our sponsors, you're going to love hearing from Lauren. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, so why don't you kick us off with um, answering this first question? We ask everybody this. Um, So when did you first start identifying yourself as a Christian and how, how did you come to know God? Yeah. Um, I would say I became a Christian between the ages of seven and nine. Um, I, I grew up in the church. My parents took us to church every Sunday. They were both believers. They both taught us truth. And I can remember understanding the gospel at age seven. And I remember um, I was in Awana which is, I don't I think I want to still around, but it was, you know, a children's program at our church and they taught us scripture and all that, um, every Wednesday night. So I remember coming home from Awana 
and asking my mom and being like, I want, I want to be saved. I want to be with Jesus. So I like said the sinner's prayer or whatever. Um, but then I was just like nervous that it didn't take. And so between the ages of seven and nine, I just kept re-asking and be like, okay, God, do you remember when I said that? Would you, um, I really, really mean it. Can you, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not exactly sure at what age, but I know, I know by age nine, I, I understood the gospel. I understood that Jesus was the only way to heaven, believing on him. And, uh, I would say that's when I like made a decision for myself that like, this is how, um, I want to live my life and this is what I, this is what I believe. So. Oh, I love that. I, you know, I, I don't usually like talking about my own personal story because this is about yours, but I do relate to that. I remember being kind of similar, like just praying it over and over again. Cause you're like, did you hear it? it, (laughs) Did you get that? Yeah. (laughs) That's so sweet though. There's like an innocence about that. That's so precious. And I'm sure God just, his heart was warmed by you caring that much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I love that. So was there like a time, um, in your life that you had an experience that like shape, like really shaped or changed or even just defined your view of God, or was there like a significant event or season of your life that, um, kind of deepened your faith for you? Yes, for sure. Um, there was, so I was a junior in college. I was actually working on staff at a summer camp in Montana. And um, my mom was killed instantly in a accident. Mm. She um, was taking a walk on our road back at home in Ohio. I'm originally from Ohio. And she did this every night. We live in the country. She would take a walk down the street. It was kind of her way to decompress. Um, And so she was doing that. And this high school kid was drunk and high and he hit her and killed her instantly. And so it was in seconds, my life changed completely. Did not even think of that as a possibility. You know, um, when you're growing up and you kind of picture your life, you you don't really, you picture that that happens to other people and you, you hear that from other people, but you never really think it's going to happen to you. And so that was, that was a defining moment where I was faced with, okay, God, And I remember thinking this clearly, like, okay, (laughs) I followed all your rules. I know what you say. I'm in church every week. I've memorized your word. I've, I've a good girl. Like I was a good Sunday school, school girl. And this horrible thing happened to me. And so I was like, I was really just hurt. Um, I was angry and confused and she was a wonderful mom. I mean, it it wasn't like she was hurting anybody or doing anything. She was one of the most incredible people. And so um, I just couldn't understand why she had been taken. Yeah. So that was really the start of three years of me just struggling with my faith and me going back and forth with God and just being angry at him. And, um, you know, I, I even... I questioned everything that I believed and I can even remember thinking like, I think my parents are like in a cult. 
Like, I think all this thing, all these things that they told us, they got tricked. The, mm. the whole Jesus thing is like, not even like, how do we even know he came down? You know, like sure. I just questioned everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, what brought me one, one of the things that brought me back and just confirmed that God is real is looking at his creation. And, you know, there's a verse, I think it's in Romans where it says people see his creation and, and they know that there's a God, like there's so much order and there's so much beauty and there's so much purpose in his creation that it's like, this, this isn't by accident and this didn't just happen. And mm. and there is love behind this. And so that was one of the things that anchored me back. And one of the things that I couldn't explain away or ignore, um, but man, it was a, it was a yucky three years of just struggling with my faith. Yeah. yeah. Understandably. So, I mean, yeah. to your point, that's something that it breaks my heart. You had to experience that. You don't wish that upon anybody. Um, I guess I have a question for you and this would be like, um, like what words of comfort would you give to people who've experienced a loss, like of somebody close to them? Mm-hmm. Well, for, I, I remember when it happened, um, you know, that first year is just kind of like a blur, um, and you just kind of get through. But then the years after that, hearing other people's stories and realizing that I wasn't alone, like God wasn't picking on me and this didn't just happen to me. There are so many people in this world who are going through really hard times and facing heartbreaking things every day, whether it's a loss of a loved one or, you know, whatever diagnosis of a terminal disease or, you know, whatever. There's so many, there's so many hurtful things that go on in this world. And it was really comforting to me to know that I'm not alone. Like my story isn't special in the way of like, God's just singling me out and, and deciding to do this horrible thing to me. Um, there are other people that can come alongside me that can understand some of the pain that I was feeling, um, in a way that others couldn't, um, you know, there was a lot of people I remember, at her funeral, people say really, they say really dumb things sometimes and they're meaning well, like I wasn't mad at anybody, but sometimes people would say things like, I know how you feel. And I think we all know by now, like, don't say that to somebody who is, who is in a really painful situation. Cause even I, I won't even say that to my friends now who have lost family members because every situation is so different. And I, mm. I know parts of what they feel, but I don't actually know in and out how they feel. Um, and so when people would say that to me, you know, I would be like, thanks, but I know you're just saying that because you feel awkward and you don't really know how I feel. Mm. But when somebody who has had deep loss says something, um, you know, of like, Oh, I remember, you know, that, or that first birthday or that first Christmas, like, how are you doing? Did that really hurt? That was so comforting to have them walk alongside me in that. Mm. So people, people on the earth, friends, um, they are some of God's greatest gifts that he gives us to help us carry that burden. 
Yeah, that's really insightful. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that is really helpful to like, no, cause, cause you're right. It's hard to know what to say to somebody who's really grieving, like in a really intense, deep way. It's hard to know. Cause you know, you can't do anything to help. Right. Um, right. so it's, it's helpful to know, like sometimes, I mean, I'm kind of just imagining this, but maybe even just knowing someone's presence, like they're there for you. They, they don't have the words. They don't, they can't make it go away, but they're there. Yes. No, that means a lot. I mean, I remember, I don't remember a lot of, you know, what everybody has said, but I do remember certain people being there at her funeral and just seeing them and being like, wow, I know you traveled a long way. I know you have a lot going on in your life. And that just, just them being there meant a lot. And just them hugging me and crying with me. And like, that's all that's, you know, that's all that means. That means a ton. Right. Um, Just to have people there. Yeah. That's, that's good. And, um, did you, like, I'm just wondering, was it hard to kind of claw your way back to believing God is good? Like, you know, I know you said that creation helped you kind of believe in him again. Um, because you had to start there with what you were feeling. And then did you also have to get to a place where you trusted him again, like felt that yeah. he was a good God? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. My, my trust in him was kind of shot, <laughs> um, you know? And so, so I remember, I remember that right. So right after she died, the first year was Okay. I mean, it was, it was hard and it was painful for sure. But like I said, there was so, there was so much support from people around us that first year. And then I would say it was harder years, two, three, four, five, because people started to kind of go back to their own lives. They didn't necessarily forget, but they didn't check in as often. And I felt not as supported. So that's when I really started to be alone with my thoughts and look around and be like, oh, this sucks. (laughs) This is really horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's not coming back. And this is my new normal that I hate. And so that's when the anger really started to build up and the resentment and just questioning God and miss, you know, me losing trust from, of him. Um, And so I went kind of on three years of just calling my own shots and living my life the way I wanted. I, you know, I'm, I'm a nurse um, and I had just graduated. I I think I said I was a junior when she died in um, nursing school. So then I graduated and I moved back home. And again, that's when it all hit me too, because I was at home. And so I lived at home for the first year and then I decided to do travel nursing. So I moved out to California and there was, um, you know, there was very little support for me out in California and I started to just live the way I wanted. And I remember actively thinking, I don't want anybody here in California (laughs) to know that I'm a Christian and I lived that way. And, um, you know, there was a lot of just partying, alcohol, a lot of foolish decisions. And I was just living life how I wanted to and just living for the moment and living, you know, just kind of, I could have been more reckless, but I was living recklessly compared to how I was raised. And um, I remember 
there was one night I was sitting on my apartment floor and I was just thinking like, you know what? I've, I've lived on my own terms for the last year plus, and my life hasn't gotten any better. In fact, it's gotten so much worse. Like I have more anxiety than I've ever had in my life. I'm an angry, angry person. And I just have no direction and no purpose. And, and just like, it was just like this meaningless, just repetition of going out and partying and and then coming home and recovering from that and going to work. And it was like, you, you know, God, it was kind of like, God, let me do my thing. Um, and, and weirdly that helped me trust him more because it wasn't like he was forcing me to live according to his rules or his ways. He was like, okay, all right, child. Like you want to do what you want to do, like go. And it was, it was in that where I was like, man, my life without God is really dark and it's, it's, it, there's just no direction. Wow. Um, and so in a, in a roundabout way that started to rebuild my trust of God, of seeing just yeah. how patient he was and how he doesn't force us to do anything. Wow. Loving. So. That is, I mean, that is raw. That's, and that's beautiful. I, um, a lot came to my mind as you were sharing that, like, uh, I'm trying to think of where I want to start first, but it makes me think of, um, I was actually just talking to someone today about something difficult and they were reminding me that like all God's asking me to do in this moment or in moments of adversity is to be obedient. Um, but obedience doesn't mean following all the rules. It really just means like, like leaning into him, which is like peace, love, joy, goodness, kindness, like just um like allowing his blessings to flow in our life and that really hit me because it was like yeah he's not this god that like demands us to be perfect and a rule follower and do all the right things he just wants us to love him and follow him and really that's when we see like the love and the blessings flow um out of his goodness and so that was the first thing that came to mind as you were saying that but it, like how sweet of the Lord, like you said, to just be patient with you. And it's like, he obviously, he's a good father who knows when his children are really hurting and really lost or really broken. Like he's not going to be forceful. He's just going to kind of be there when we come back. So yeah. that's really beautiful that you experience that from him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, well, go ahead. Something, well, something like really... Something that I've really learned uh, through this whole experience and and that deepened my relationship and my trust with God, like we were talking about, you know, reestablishing trust is uh, growing up in the church, you know, I was taught, you know, you, you have reverence for God, you have respect, you don't say certain things, you know, I was taught like the Sunday school answers. I was taught truth. Like I'm not talking bad about how I was my church or how I was raised, but there were certain things where I got, I just got the idea that there were certain rules that you had to follow and certain things you could and couldn't do, um, you know, and, and ways you could and couldn't treat God. But when my mom died and when I was going through that deep grief, 
um, all the all rules were um, off the table. <laughs> and when I was starting to come back to God and starting to talk to him again, I had no filter with him. I mean, I said every swear word to him. <laughs> I called him all the names. Um, you know, I said things that my little Sunday school self girl would have been like, and it was like, it was okay. You know, I didn't get struck by lightning. I mean, you know, I, it, it was, it was okay. And, and all I, all I felt was that he was just like, okay, okay. Yes. What else? What else? Cause he already knows, he already knows what's going on in my head, but just having that space to be able to verbalize to him. Like sometimes I would physically say something to him in an empty room and be like, God, I just, or I would journal, journal out my, my thoughts, my unfiltered thoughts. And it was so healing and it was so comforting to just be like, God, God could take it. And he, and he wanted it and he, and he didn't, he wasn't repulsed by it. And he actually, he drew closer and that was, that was so cool. And that definitely helped to reestablish some trust. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I do think to your point, some of us have been conditioned to just think that you have to revere God in such a way that you cannot say certain things or right. you shouldn't say certain things. Cause how dare you? But I don't think that's true at all. I think to your point, he can take it. He wants us to be real because he, to your point, he knows it anyway. And so he just wants us to like lay it at his feet and say, yeah, I'm a broken, hurting, messy person right now and no one can fix it but you. So here it is. (laughs) I, I, um, someone told me this one time, they like to think of it as like throwing up in Jesus's hands, like his hands are just out and you're just kind of like, <laughs> like here it yep. is. <laughs> and then yep. you feel better and he fixes it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I hope it helps someone who might be experiencing something similar. Yeah. Um, Just to, like you said, know that someone else kind of, not that you've gotten to the other side of anything, because I mean, it's something I'm sure you'll be feeling always, mm-hmm. but to at least know that you, um, have gotten some healing and, you know, there's hope for people going through something like that. Um, so I, so kind of just ending here too. Um, and then we can talk a little bit about like some current things you're doing. Um, but what is something that God has been teaching you lately or like a favorite verse of yours? Yeah. Oh, favorite verse. Um, well, I love the Psalms and I think I would have loved the Psalms regardless. Um, but if my, but I have a special attachment to them because my mom, um, loved the Psalms and she, my mom was one of the most wise people and people came to her all the time for advice. And I never heard her tell me this advice, but it was told to me from her friends that they, they said, your mom always said that when you're not feeling good, go to the Psalms and you Mm. stay there until you feel better. Ooh. And yes, that, that I just love, I love that, that wisdom. Um, and so I have stayed in the Psalms for, um, you know, sometimes it's, uh, like years. <laughs> um, but I just, I love Psalms 23. Um, and it's one that she taught me when I was little. So again, there's extra meaning, but it's one that applies and has, 
you know, a spectrum of emotions in it. Um, are you okay if I read it? Yes, please do. Okay. Um, so the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm -hmm. So that is one of my all-time favorite verses. Um, And what was the second question? (laughs) Oh, something God is teaching you lately. Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was like, I was in a daze by that verse. I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. (laughs) It's so, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. And actually it's, it's in my, my logo too, because it just has so much meaning, but, um, something that God is teaching me lately, man, he has really been, He's really been showing me and reminding me of the importance of friendship. And I'm, I'm talking about like finding your people, like women being friends with women, like having your tribe with you. Um, You know, I, I had really good friends in Ohio when I grew up and then, um, you know, I've been living in Montana for the last seven years and I've made some good friends, but I, I don't feel like there's those, I don't have the friends where the two or three where I can call up and just fall apart with, or call up and be like, let's go get a Manny petty or call up and be like, I need to talk about some real stuff. Um, you know, I did, I did have, um, one of those and she moved away, but he's, he's really been convicting me lately of, just digging deeper in where, where I am here and, and praying for and finding and investing in those relationships. Cause it takes so much time and energy. I'm an introvert. And so the thought of me going out like after dark when it's cold and getting coffee or dinner or whatever with somebody is just like, Oh my gosh, that sounds so heavy or just like so draining. Um, but it is, we, we, we have just become so isolated, especially the last three years. Mm -hmm. And he's just really been, um, showing me and, and bringing things into my path to be like, you, you need, you need to invest. You need to invest in these friendships. You need to pray, pray for these friendships because there's just so much, um, there's just so much life giving goodness that comes from having having friends who sharpen you. Yeah. I think that's, that's amazing. And, and many of us, um, people listening, myself included have been in that boat where, you know, for whatever reason, your friends have moved away or you've moved away or seasons of life change or whatever. And you find yourself like needing to create, not create, but search for those new friendships. And it's, it's hard, but um, I love that he's placed that on your heart. And that just means he has people for you and it, yeah. there are things to step into. It's probably just 
your turn now to go into that obedience to get there. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I look back in my life, like there's been a couple of times where I've been, you know, lonely where I'm like, I start looking around. I'm like, I don't have like a girlfriend, like, you know, just that, that kind. And so God has been like, you know, ask me for it. And so the one time I asked him for it while I was in college and he brought my roommate and we were just, we were just tight. And she was, she was what I was praying for. Um, but then, you know, life, we moved away. She had kids. Now we're kind of on different tracks. We're still friends, but not as close. Um, and then, so then the other time was when I moved to Montana and again, I was like looking around kind of lonely and I just started praying for a good friend again. And he brought my friend who I was just talking to, who moved away. (laughs) She just moved away. So I'm like, um, and so, so I'm excited because again, he's, he's reminding me, like, ask me, ask me. And, um, so I'm expectant. I'm very expectant. And I, and I do believe that he's going to he's going to provide something because he will. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a really, really good reminder. And that applies to anything, whether it's friendship or other things that you're really desiring that are good, godly things that you just don't have, like ask him. So that's great. And then um, just as we wrap up here, you mentioned that Psalm 23 is in your logo. So what is your logo? What's your business? Like, tell us a little bit about like what inspired you to create this business and kind of what you do yeah. outside of nursing. Cause you are a nurse. <laughs> I am a nurse. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm a nurse full time. Um, but I, I really felt, Oh, especially the last three years, like COVID did a lot <laughs> for nurses and a lot, it did a lot for a lot of us. Um, but I had always kind of felt that nursing wasn't it. It wasn't, I wasn't put on this earth to be a nurse. I love nursing. I don't know that I'll ever get out of it, but it it, it wasn't the deep like purpose and meaning that um, I, I was feeling like God had for, um, for, had for me. Like it wasn't the assignment that I feel like he had. And um, so actually this past year, I, I joined a mastermind, which is kind of like a business school and they really helped me because I was like, there's something inside that needs to come out. Um, and through a lot of prayer, a lot of, you know, wise counsel, um, I started a business and it's called Mo Mountains. Um, it's named after my mom. Her name was Maureen and mm. her nickname was Mo. And what I do is, is I take women backpacking. So I teach, I teach women. We have a three month prep course. And no matter anyone's ability or their experience level, I prepare them to take this backpacking trip. And so we spend three months together getting to know each other. There's women from all over the country. And then at the end of three months, we go on a backpacking trip and I take them up into the mountains. And it is just it is just the, like, I I can't believe that God is um, entrusting me with this and that, that I get to be a part of this because it is the most fun, the most epic girls weekends ever. And um, so that is, that is my side business, I guess you could, you could call it. 
Um, and so, yeah, so in, in my logo is Psalms 23. There's, there's a lot of meaning. Um, I actually designed my logo and there's a lot of little, little things in there that you'd have to kind of look close to see, but there's, um, some, some meaning in some of the, the little, the little hidden messages and things in there, (laughs) but yeah. That's so cool. So how long are these trips that you take? Yeah. So, um, they're usually like a Thursday to a Sunday. So not, not real long. You know, we spend the first day. So on Thursday, it's kind of the travel day. Everyone comes to Montana and, um, we spend the day I'm gathering all the women up and then we go to an Airbnb. And that is such a good time for people to just meet, um, you know, and then we make sure everyone has what they need. We pack up together, make sure everything's in line. And then we start, start taking off, um, and hiking on Friday morning. And so we spend Friday night and Saturday night up in the mountains. And then we come home Sunday and we're back in civilization by like dinner on Sunday night. Wow. um, Two nights is enough. (laughs) It's enough. Oh, I bet. Everyone to get the idea. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a, just a couple questions for you about this. Yeah. One is, do you get a lot of people who are inexperienced backpackers? Yes. I, I think it's the majority first time backpackers. Um, you know, this, this year I did have, I had, I had a good mix of people who knew what they were doing, but a lot of people who know what they're doing, they just go and do it. You know, they just, right. the ones who came, who knew what they were doing, just for coming for the community aspect, because it is really hard to get, you know, seven, eight women on the same page um, and go with people. It's so much more fun to go with people. Um, but there were so many first time backpackers and I was thrilled. I love taking first time back. It's so much fun to experience that with them. And I will say, I I will say this this season was a success because nobody walked away and was like, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) Everybody was like, okay, on my next one, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring this beanie and I'm going to wear this outfit. You know, like everyone was making adjustments and talking about their next time that they want to go. And, um, so yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. It was so That's exciting. So, um, before I ask you like where people can find you and stuff, what this is gonna, this is like a spitball question or, yeah. um, that's not the right word, but whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Spitfire yeah. question or whatever it, those it's things later are. there than it is here. Right. I, yeah. I'm like yeah. clearly ready. For that. <laughs> um, but what is the most beautiful scene, like nature scene that you have seen so far on these backtracks? backpacking trips oh my gosh oh oh there's so many good ones there's well right away I thought of there's this one oh there's this one trail and we're hiking along a river the whole time but you come and it like just opens up and it looks like a painting. I mean, there's like the river is coming through. There's all these green trees. There's just these jagged peaks in the background. It looks like, you know, you see on Instagram, like when people are just posting their stuff that looks fake, it looks like that. 
And it's, it's just incredible every time. So we took the trail, the same trail all summer. Um, and I led all the trips and I never got tired of that trail because it was just, and I took a picture at that spot every single time. Wow. It was just so magical. And then like closely behind that is we, we would go on our second day. We would take, we take a day hike and we went up to this pass. So we were at 11,000 feet and you just get up there and you're just surrounded 360 view of mountains. And they're just high, like jagged mountains and there's snow still on some of them. And then you can go see down into the valleys and there's like some, you know, lakes that you can see. And it it made one of the girls cry because it was so beautiful. And just, you're just like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And I can't believe my body took me up here. And like one of the girls was like, I didn't know I was capable of this. And she was just like, she had the biggest smile on her face. And I was like, Sophie, is this the highest you've ever been in your life? And she was like, yeah, I have never been at this altitude or higher. And I walked up here. And so it was just so cool. It was so, so cool. Wow. This, I'm not going to lie. My wheels are turning. Like, do I need to book a backpacking (laughs) trip? I never have done anything like that. And this sounds exciting. (laughs) Oh, you definitely, definitely should. It's, it's so fun. And, um, it's just so cool to see, like, I truly believe God speaks to us very like clearly in his creation. And maybe it's just because all the distractions are gone and we can just hear him more clearly, but it was just so cool to see what each girl and each girl who came was not a Christian. Um, there were Christians on each, each trip. Um, but it was cool to see how each girl walked away with something that I think she really needed. Like some girls really needed to know that they were strong and capable. Um, some girls needed to know that, you know, they weren't alone and that there was other women be besides them and they could connect with some people. Some people just needed to rest and get away. I remember one girl, she just brought her fishing pole and was just off fishing. And and I think she was just so overwhelmed by her work and her life, a lot of stuff, a lot of stimuli going on. And she just needed to disconnect and unplug and go fish and be quiet. And so it was so cool to see, like, I, like I said, I truly just feel so honored to be the one because I can get people up in the mountains. Like I can do that. And then God just like to watch back, sit back and watch him just work and, and touch each girl's heart. Like the way they need is so exciting. It's so I cool. love that. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. That's, that's so exciting. So where can people find you and like, you know, potentially sign up for one of these trips? Yes, probably the best way is my website. So it's momountains.com and mo is M-O-E. So M-O-E mountains.com. On there, you know, if you're interested in in hearing more about one of the trips, we have links to the interest form. And that's where we just ask you, you know, your level of experience, what you're scared of. Um, you know, we just ask you some, some questions and, you know, we know that these, these trips aren't for everybody. You know, some, sometimes people get excited and they, they romanticize it. Um, but in reality, if they would get out there to be miserable for four days. And so we really want to make sure that 
your expectations are realistic. Um, you know, if you've never done anything like that, a lot of times I'll like to do like a zoom call, like a 15 minute zoom call and be like, Hey, here's how the trips work. Here's some things that you should know. And just to make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah. This is what you can expect. Um, so the interest form is a really good way to kind of get, get the ball rolling and to hear more information. Um, and then we also have a email newsletter, um, that, uh, at go- it's real sporadic, so it's not going to be like spammy, <laughs> um, but it's just with information, you know, as our 2024 season, as trip dates and trip locations roll out that being on that email newsletter will give you the first, the first updates. Um, and then there's links to our social media. So we're on Instagram at Mo Mountains. And then um, we're also on Facebook too. Same thing, Mo Mountains. Um and then I'm my, I have my own personal Instagram too, and I share everything too. So if you if you follow me, you'll soon see things from Mo Mountains. So yeah. Perfect. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm excited to share that with our listeners and you never know, maybe someone will take a little trip out to Montana. <laughs> yes. Oh, it would be so fun. It would be yeah. so fun. I think, I think backpacking is the best. And it is, it is something that is kind of a a once in a lifetime thing. Like if you've never done it before, it is just something you'll always remember. I can imagine. And I'm sure just a great skill to learn about too. Like even if you don't become an expert, just to at least have some awareness of what that all looks like, I think would be really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing about you know, your business and what you do. I'm very inspired by you. And I really appreciate you sharing um, your mom's wisdom about the Psalms. I seriously think I will remember that and probably tell people because that's really, I've never heard that before, but that is, I think, really applicable for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And it's, and it's something that I have carried with me for the last, she's been gone 14 years and that has been something that I've remembered for 14 years and something that I apply because yeah. in years I've, I've needed that. So, yeah. So thank yeah. you. She's, yeah. she sounds like she was a great woman. So I just appreciate you like talking about her and sharing your story and your experience with us. So thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sparkle Speak. As always, feel free to rate, subscribe, like, share this with other people. It helps us more than you know. Also head to lifeaudio.com to check out our network where you can find other podcasts just like this one and refer to the show notes to see more about Sparkle. I hope you have a great week. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.